are, how many are facing something right now you need God to move in your life? Come on, that's it. That's it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. The Lord is going to do it. Hallelujah. You just, you just woke up this morning and came to the house of God knowing that God was going to speak into your soul and instruct you again. He is with you. He'll not leave you. He'll not forsake you. Everything is going to be all right. Go forward without fear in the name of Jesus. Amen. I would like to turn your attention this morning to the book of Acts and the second chapter, Acts chapter 2. Amen. We're going to read from the first verse of this great chapter of the Bible. This is the church's birthday that we're reading about. This is when the church was born. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to begin reading at the first verse. I want to say thank you very much to uh, Brother Colbreth and to Brother Jordan for last week and today uh, their admonition uh, to us to pray, and uh, I greatly appreciate those prayers, and we feel those prayers. We thank you for those prayers. You, you know, you feel this gust of wind come to your back and pushes you forward, and you know where that's coming from. It's coming from the prayers of the saints, and we thank the Lord for you and thank the Lord for your prayers, and we pray for you as well, and when we pray for one another, beautiful things happen. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, the word of the Lord says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. I, I would like to preach this morning to you for the next few moments on this subject. We need the wind from heaven. Hallelujah. We need the wind from heaven. Glory to God. Why don't we just lift up our voices one more time in prayer that the Holy Ghost would have his way in this place today. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. God, believing that your mighty power would be made manifest in this place this morning. God, we pray for a heavenly anointing, a divine outpouring. Lord, I pray that there would be a heavy favor of God upon your messenger and upon your people as we preach your word, as we receive your word. And Lord, ultimately to obey and apply and to practice your word. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I was surprised recently to receive news of a friend who had come under some health crisis that was very unexpected. I learned that he had been fishing, that he had 
stood up in his boat near the shore to begin taking the boat out of the water and that he slipped and tripped. And when he did, he landed face first uh, on the rocks near the shore. And that he was in that position for a good minute. And his nose and mouth were submerged in the water as he lay there unconscious. Those who um, came upon the scene helped him thankfully. And for a moment, it took, it took a little while to get him to respond. It was a very scary experience and a scary moment because they had to, they had to uh, begin uh, practicing the method of resuscitating his breathing. And these kinds of experiences are terrifying to those who experience them and to their loved ones. And many times when there is a case where breathing has stopped, uh, it's a matter of moments that uh, damage can begun, begin being done to the uh, brain. And so it's very important that those who, who know to do and how to respond act quickly. Uh, you're familiar with the term uh, CPR, cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Uh, this, of course, is a combination of uh, chest compressions and sometimes uh, breathing uh, and help in breathing. And uh, it involves providing a, a manual stimulant to the blood flow of the body. Important that the blood begin to flow, and sometimes the only thing that helps that to happen is chest compressions. It's important uh, in that the air flow through the lungs and through the passages of the person as they, as they struggle to breathe. It's important that that air begins to flow freely so that there can be a, an attempt to prevent tissue damage in the brain. It's a matter of seconds. It's a, it's, a, it's a matter of life and death right then and there, ladies and gentlemen. And, and perhaps if the life can be saved, sometimes there is a danger of the, of the damage having been done. And so it's very important to act quickly. And it, 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 it's everybody's worst nightmare to have uh, themselves in a position where they cannot breathe and where they need help breathing and they need help to allow the breath perhaps of a person who is helping them. They cannot manufacture breathing on their own. And so the person who is administering the cardiopulmonary resuscitation will actually lend their breath into this person's body. And that breath is able to move into those passageways and begin to do a work in that person's body that is very very significant and it can be a short-term measure that actually provides just enough time for greater measures to be taken and little to no damage being done it's an amazing thing when you think about CPR and so now everybody this week needs to go get their CPR training amen amen wouldn't that be great if we would all do that and uh, and so the, 
This matter of breath is just an amazing concept to me because, because it has this ability, this power to, to move through the body and provide life to the body and oxygenate the blood that, that moves through every part of the body. It's so very, so very important. When you look at, at the matter that I have read about, in Acts chapter 2, you see the, the breath of God on display in the upper room. Uh, we see this first when Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. They didn't receive it at that moment, but they would go on to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in the upper room. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And in that moment, as God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, man, who at this point was only formed of the dust of the ground, to this point, he was only crafted into the image, the physical image of God. But he still lay dormant until the breath of God came into his nostrils and traveled through the necessary passageways. And when God breathed into man's nostrils, not just any breath, but the breath of life, Man became a living soul. That is one of the most powerful truths that you and I could ever talk about. That there was a point in time where man was formed, where man was framed, where man was completely shaped by the, by the masterful handiwork of God. But when God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, then and only then did man become a living soul. Hallelujah. When we looked at the, at the matter of Acts chapter 2, we see that on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord. They were all in one place. And the Bible says that they had been told to go there by Jesus. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. And after his passion, he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. By the time Jesus got done ministering to the disciples, there was no question in their minds, Jesus is the Christ. There was no question in their hearts. Jesus died and was buried and rose again from the dead. This was significant, ladies and gentlemen, because nobody had the power to raise themselves from the dead. But Jesus, because of the life he lived, was capable of raising himself from the very dead. 
I'm talking about the dead that crept up upon Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I'm talking about the dead that snatched from them the inheritance of life eternal in that very garden. I'm talking about the dead, the death, the dreaded death that had wrapped its vice-like grip around their bodies and began to force them into an aging process, force them into the dilapidation of the human body, began to send them into an involuntary spiral of death and degradation of the physical man. But Jesus lived a life of obedience and died a death that you and I deserved to die, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, raised himself up from the dead. Some people say, I thought that, that God raised Jesus from the dead. Well, you have to understand that Jesus is God. Jesus said it this way. He said, destroy this temple, speaking of his body, and in three days, I will raise it up. Peter on the, in the house of Cornelius said that God raised him up on the third day. The apostle Paul to the church at Rome said that if this spirit dwell in you, the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. So Jesus said that the Son did it. Peter said that the Father did it. And Paul said that the Holy Ghost did it. None of them were wrong. All of them were right. Jesus is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He raised himself up from the dead, showed himself alive by many infallible proofs and told the disciples to go unto Jerusalem and tarry there until they be endued with power. Hallelujah. Power. Not earthly power, not worldly power, not carnal power, not fleshly power. No kind of power that you can find originating on this planet. But you will be endued with power from on high. It is the promise of the Father to his children. said go tarry at Jerusalem and I've come to tell somebody today who needs the power of God in your life don't quit tarrying tarry tarry until it happens tarry until you are endued tarry until the fire falls tarry until the wind blows tarry tarry because if God said it it shall be done oh hallelujah Oh, I feel the wind blowing right now. I feel the wind blowing right now. They went into that upper room. And when they went into that upper room, the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there all of them with one accord. It did not matter what their opinions were on some things. They agreed on one thing. The Father promised the Holy Ghost. 
and Jesus rose from the dead so that we can be filled with power from on high. They weren't expert Holy Ghost getters. They weren't some kind of seminarian who understood all the ins and the outs of how the Holy Ghost operates. All they were were vessels in need of being filled with the power of God from on high. And they came into that upper room. Now they might have had different preferences. They might have had different pet peeves. They might have had an even little issue with one another. But when they came into that upper room, they were all with one accord in one place hallelujah I've come to remind somebody of who we are in this day this evil day this wicked day this sinister day where evil abounds don't you forget that there was a day when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord and they were all in one place but suddenly I said suddenly and that's how it's going to happen ladies and gentlemen it's going to happen suddenly suddenly There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Oh, hallelujah. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the gift. Now the wages of sin is death. Sin is a wage, but the Holy Ghost is a gift. Death is the wages of sin, but life eternal is the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Here they were, men and women, in the image of God, Here they were, men and women, whom God had created. Men and women with lungs and heart, kidneys, brain, with arms and legs, eyes, ears, nose. They were made in the image of God. Here they were, formed, shaped, ready vessels. But I want you to know that until the breath of God came on them, They were just like Adam and Eve when that horrible curse of death came upon them. When that horrible sin had been committed and death began corrupting their minds away from the things of God. They no longer knew who God was. They no longer knew who they were. Can I tell you that's the problem in our world today. People are dead That's what the Bible says. We are dead in trespasses and sins. You and I might be walking around talking, but the most beautiful things that God has put inside of us are dead because this flesh is a corrupting agent. Because this physical body, Paul called it the body of this death. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You know what I'm talking about because you're having trouble in your body right now. Whether it be some kind of a sickness that is stalking you, 
you some kind of symptoms that war against your faith. Every word of healing that I preached, your body rises up and says, don't believe what he's telling you. I'm telling you, regardless of what's going on in your body, believe ye the word of the Lord. It might be warring against you in the form of fleshly lusts, lust of the eyes, lusts of the flesh, the pride of life, trying to intimidate you into believing that you could never be righteous, you could never be godly, you could never be holy. I want you to know that God is able to wash you, to cleanse you, to sanctify you, to justify you, and to bring you out of whatever bondage has captivated you. When that wind from heaven came upon the upper room, I want you to know that that wind filled all of the house where they were sitting. This wind did not come from the four corners of the earth. This wind came from heaven. Glory to God. Now the Bible speaks of different winds. The Bible speaks of, an, of a south wind. And says that Jesus even said to the Pharisees, he said, you can discern the sky and you can discern the days. And you look upon the south wind and you know that there is heat that is coming. South wind reflects that heat is coming. And in fact, in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul was on a ship that was eventually shipwrecked. One of the reasons that they set loose and set sail in the face of a storm was because there was a south wind blowing. And the south wind meant that all was going to be fine. It was going to be a balmy breeze. There was going to be some heat, but that was all. And they launched out into that south wind. That's a wind of the earth. There is an east wind. There was an east wind that drove the Red Sea back when the children of Israel needed to walk through on dry ground. Moses needed wind. He had done so much for God. He had brought plagues upon Egypt by the power of God. All in an effort to soften the heart of Pharaoh. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened after each plague. God wanted to reveal his power to Pharaoh. But when they came to the Red Sea, Pharaoh's heart had hardened once again. And they came to them with a vengeance. And Moses and the children of Israel are standing at the shores of the Red Sea, not knowing exactly what to do. But Moses looked at those people who were putting their trust in God. Listen, if you put your trust in God, I don't know how, but I know he'll make a way. Uh, the elders said it like this, he'll make a way where there is no way. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. When you look to the front and there's not a way. And you look to the back and there's not a way. And you look to the left and to the right and there's not a way. His ways are above our ways. And his thoughts are above our thoughts. He's got stuff you can't do. He's got capabilities you and I don't have. He has power from on high. And a strong east wind blew upon the Red Sea and drove back the waters of the Red Sea. 
pulled them back with such thoroughness that the ground was dry. That strong east wind didn't just push the waters up on end, but that strong east wind pulled the moisture up out of the ground. I'm telling you, God's able to do a miracle in your life so thorough, so diligent that you'll walk on ground. My, I can't even tell there was water on this ground. I can't, my God. I can't even tell there used to be an addiction. I can't even tell there used to be a disease. I can't even tell there used to be pain. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. My God is able. My God is able. My God. My God is able. A strong east wind pulled that water and all of the moisture out of the ground stood it up as a heap and the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. It was an east wind that brought locusts onto Egypt. Moses brought plagues upon Egypt. It was that same east wind that brought locusts in upon Egypt and they were a devouring force. And the only time the Bible mentions a west wind is when there was a west wind that came and sent the locusts back to where they came from. Listen, I want to tell you something. If God allows something to happen in your life, he has a wind that will bring it and he has a wind that will send it back. Don't you ever be afraid of the fiery trial or something God is allowing you to go through because the same power that brought it is the same power that will return it from whence it came. The east wind brought the locusts and the west wind sent them back and the trial, the plague was finished. It was over. And a new day dawned. God rideth upon the wings of the winds the Bible says hallelujah hallelujah we are not afraid when God sends the wind the Bible says that the north wind drives away the rain the north wind drives away the rain. Some of you are in rainstorms right now. Some of you haven't seen the sun shine in your life in quite a while. Some of you feel like you need to go build an ark real fast. It's just been raining, 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 raining. Listen, you got to learn how to sing in the rain. Come on, somebody, get your, get your, get your raincoat, get your umbrella, get your big yellow boots, and go splash around in the mud puddles and say, devil, you're not going to steal my praise. Devil, you're not going to steal my joy. Devil, you're not. I'm singing in the rain. I'm singing in the rain. I'm happy. I have joy. I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me. No. Don't let those circumstances 
drive you down into a heap of spiritual oppression rise up out of it not by might not by your power but by the spirit of the Lord rise up out of it lift up your heads O ye gates rise up out of it he is the lifter of your head No, I'm going to tell you, there's stuff hanging around your neck, holding your head down. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. You got stuff on your shoulders, weighing your head down. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. And if you don't have the power to do it, he'll be the lifter of your head. I will lift up mine eyes under the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. My help cometh from the Lord. Uh, woo. Glory. Halaboshata. The Bible says that in the life of Job, There was a wind that came from the wilderness. This was a different kind of wind. This wasn't part of the four winds. This was a wind that came out of the wilderness. We know where that wind came from. Because there was a day when the sons of God presented themselves before God and Satan was among them. And he said, the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, I can't touch Job. You've got a hedge about him. If you let the hedge down, he'd curse you like the rest of the world curses you. And the Lord said, I know something different about Job. I'll let the hedge down just enough. But you can't cross that line. You can cross this line. But you can't cross that line. God began to perfect Job. Job was a perfect man in the sense that he had everything just right. He had the sacrifices just right. Every morning he would offer a sacrifice for his children unto the Lord. It got to the point where Job was so confident in his own perfect ability to do what was required. But God God was going to perfect what was on the inside. God was going to perfect his heart, his soul, his mind, his spirit, and his perspective. And so God said, all right, you can come this far. You can't, listen, when God draws a line, the devil cannot cross it. Oh, shout out out of Ohio. Jesus be a fence all around me every day I know he can I know he will I said I know he can and I know that he will yes he will yes he will I feel faith rising in this building the devil tried to defeat you but the Lord will uphold you I know that he can and I I know that he will. There's winds that come from the wilderness. When a wind comes from the wilderness, the wilderness is just that. It's wild. It's wild. It doesn't know any boundaries or authority. That's why you have to let it know who the authority is 
up in this house. That's what Joshua was doing. As for me and my house, we have a Lord. And we will serve the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, don't send mixed signals. Don't worship God on Sunday and the lusts of your flesh on Monday. You let the devil know who the Lord of this house is. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Lord is king of this temple on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. No mixed signals. No mixed signals. He is the Lord of my life. That wind from the wilderness could only come so far. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and made the last half of his life Better than the first. Oh, glory. My God is a good God. Hallelujah. And you, might, and you know, you can stand on the outside of the book of Job and point your finger at God and say, what was God doing all that for? That doesn't make any sense to me. But you let Job testify of how well it worked. Job was on his face saying, you are the God of all gods. You are the great and wonderful God. I worship you. I serve you. There are a whole lot of people who think that they can judge God and criticize God based on what he does to and for others. You let God be God and let them testify of his greatness. Glory. I'll tell you a wind in the wilderness, from the wilderness. The Bible says that there are winds of doctrine. Winds of doctrine. They're wild winds. And they come from the wilderness. They come from Satan's storehouse. They're heresies. They're false doctrines. That's why the Bible calls them doctrines of devils. Seducing spirits. And they rise up. And don't you, un, don't you misunderstand, ladies and gentlemen. Those doctrines aren't going to open up the book of Satan and take a text. That doctrine of devil will open up your King James Version. And try to establish itself in your holy Bible. You better have the word hidden in your heart. That you might not sin against God. We don't need any winds of doctrines. The Bible says that they toss people to and fro, rendering people as unstable in all things because they're double-minded men and women. We don't need winds of doctrine, winds of the wilderness coming into our life, coming into our mind. That's why you need to, you need to be familiar with the off button on your remote control. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you need to have the Holy Ghost govern Google. Because you don't need any strange, ungodly doctrine blowing its way through your life and uprooting things that God planted. You don't need to have any ungodly wind of doctrine, a doctrine of devils hatched out of hell, reaching into your life and polluting the pure mind that God is trying to establish in you and in your family. You walk in the ways of the Lord. Love mercy, do justly, and walk humbly before the Lord thy God. 
if his word says it it doesn't matter whether I agree or disagree his word is the ruling reign of our lives come on somebody it doesn't matter if it if it rubs me the wrong way if it goes against my grain if it rubs the cat's fur the wrong way you hear what I'm preaching it does not matter whether it conflicts with your most sacred idea about religion if the word of God says it it is final and it is true (laughs) hallelujah it is final and it is true oh hallelujah glory there's a north wind there's an east wind there's a west wind there's a south wind there's a wind from the wilderness there are winds of doctrine but then there's a wind from heaven oh my god and we need the wind from heaven We just came back from the general conference in Indianapolis. Beautiful week in worship and hearing the great reports of God doing great things throughout the world. And Brother Art Hodges of San Diego, California made a great statement that just just pricked my heart. He said, if we are content to drift with the current, we won't need the wind. Folks, I'm going to tell you. I'm not content drifting with the current. That's the problem with religion in 2016. Too much religiosity has just drifted with the current. Putting their thumbs in the air to see which way the worldly winds are blowing. And if the worldly wind is blowing a certain way, then that's how we're going to preach now. And we're going to stop preaching against this. And we're going to start preaching for that. And we're going to stop taking a stand in this area. And instead, we're going to compromise over here. And we're going to tailor make our presentation to fit the appetite. You hear what I'm, this ladies and gentlemen is heresy. These are the doctrines of devils I'm talking about. We don't need to know which way the north wind is blowing we don't need to know which way the south wind is blowing we don't need to know the way that the east or the west or the wind from the wilderness or the winds of doctrine are blowing we need a wind from heaven we need a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind Come on, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. They were all in one place. They were formed. They were shaped. They were positioned. But up until that wind started blowing, that's all they were was in position. Just like Adam, when God formed him of the dust of the ground, he was only a form. He was only a shape. And that's important. It's important for there to be order for there to be structure godly divine structure precept upon precept precept upon precept line upon line line upon line here a little there a little here a little there a little but with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people 
and this is the rest wherewith the weary may rest. And this is the refreshing. Peter told us what the refreshing was when he said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come. Where's it going to come from? From the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not going to come from your preferred political outcome. It's going to come from the presence of the Lord. It's not going to come, ladies and gentlemen, from that promotion you've been seeking. It's going to come from the presence of the Lord. It's not going to come from that provision you've been looking forward to. It's going to come from the presence of the Lord. If all you want is a west wind, then that's all you're going to get. But I don't need a west wind. I need a wind from heaven. If all you want is a north wind, then that's what you're going to get. But I didn't come to church for a north wind, a south wind, an east or a west wind I came for deliverance I came for salvation I came for a wind from heaven we can have the form the Bible says that there are those who have a form of godliness but they deny the power that means they're shaped just like they need to be shaped structured and ordered just like they need to be structured and ordered but they deny the power they deny the power we need the power we need the power we need the power I don't want just a good sermon. I don't want just a structured sermon. Even if it's what good thoughts, little nuggets that are neat. No, sir, no man. It's got to be drenched with anointing oil. It's got to be covered by the blood of Jesus. It's got to be prayed and fasted over. It has to have the power of God. I thank God for our musicians. I thank God that they worship. I thank God that they know it's the anointing of God. Listen, it's the anointing of God that destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. It's not the highest pitch. It's the anointing of God that destroys the yoke. It's not skill or talent. It's the anointing of God. that. Now, he can anoint you to be skillful and to be talented. But never, ever think that skill or talent can replace the anointing of God. Without the anointing, all I am is a sweating man screaming at the top of his lungs. But it's not my might. And it's not my power. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that's in this place. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, we can have a prayer time, an offering time, two songs, a sermon, an altar call. But if we don't have wind from heaven, we've got nothing. (laughs) 
We've got nothing if we don't have wind. Breathe. Breathe. Breathe, Holy Ghost. Breathe, Holy Ghost. Breathe on us. Breathe on us. Breathe on our preaching. Breathe on our singing. Breathe on our teaching. Breathe on our prayer meetings. Breathe, Holy Ghost. Breathe on our ministry. Breathe on our marriages. Breathe on our devotions. Breathe on our departments. Breathe on our leaders. Breathe on the saints. Breathe, Lord. Breathe, Lord. Breathe from heaven. Breathe. Let me tell you something that the winds of God are blowing. I said the winds of God are blowing. Just yesterday sat in a banquet at the general conference and they let us know in the church, Landstuhl, Germany, where Brother Enos pastored. Well, he was in Germany. They shared with us that in that church they have just baptized 29 Iranian Muslims. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, a good sermon can't do that. A good song can't do that. Come on, the most articulate prayer can do that. That's wind. That's wind from heaven. That's Holy Ghost and fire. That's Holy Ghost and fire. That's the wind of God. That's the wind of God. Ezekiel, can these bones live? Thou knowest, Lord, then prophesy to these bones. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to prophesy to these bones. Come on, bones, you better get ready because God's getting ready to do something. I said, good bones, get ready. Lazy bones, get ready because God's getting ready to do something. Dysfunctional bones, get ready. Come on, we got to prophesy to these bones and we got to prophesy to those bones. Get ready. God's getting ready to make you alive. God's getting ready to pour out his spirit. God's going to do it. The bones all came together, folks. Bone to his bone. That means that if there was a soldier in that valley who got dismembered and his leg was here and his arm was there and his spine was over there, they all started moving around. Bone to his bone. There was a quaking. There was a shaking. Let me tell you something. When God starts moving, there's going to be a sound. It was quaking. It was shaking. And Ezekiel, listen, Ezekiel, it's going to feel like things are shaking up a little bit. Don't get scared when things get shaky. Keep prophesying. Keep prophesying. Keep prophesying. That's why I say thank you for your prayers. Because I need somebody to pray for me. Because you know what I'm determined to do? I'm determined to stand in this pulpit and preach this word. And it doesn't matter if everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. We're going to prophesy. And we're going to preach the power. Power of God. He caught up.
Hallelujah. When the earth shakes beneath your feet, ride the wave and preach the word. Ride the wave and preach the word. Preach the word. Hold on to God. Preach the truth. When those bones all came together and that army stood up, it was a mighty army, but they were still dead bones. The question remains, can these bones live? We got everything in place. We got everything in order. We got hands clapping. We got feet stomping. Come on, we got 10.30 on Sunday morning, 6 o'clock Sunday night, prayer meetings, Bible studies. Come on, we got it all in order. But can these bones really live? Then prophesy to the wind. Come Holy Ghost. Come Holy Ghost. Come Holy Ghost. Come Holy Ghost. Fall like rain. 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 Be poured out. Let me tell you something. That's why the Bible, you know, the Bible doesn't say that the Holy Ghost just kind of, just kind of takes some kind of an escalator down. I'm not a very good mime. No, the Bible says the Holy Ghost falls. The Holy Ghost is poured out. That's why some folks get it that shock you. They were cussing yesterday and speaking in tongues today, and you're like, what? That's because the Holy Ghost was poured out. And it fell on somebody nearby, and then it fell on them. Whoa! And don't you kid yourself. There's changing power in the Holy Ghost. There's changing power. It'll make you walk right. It'll make you talk right. It'll make you live right. Somebody who believes this, stand to your feet, clap your hands, and lift your voice. somebody praise him praise him praise him come on it's the holy ghost and fire it's the holy ghost and fire it's the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. All across this house, I want us to repent before God. Come on, right now, lift up your hands and say, God, I forgive me of my sins. Come on, I want you to pray a prayer of repentance right now. Say, Lord, I'm turning from my sinful ways right now. God, come on, do it while the Holy Ghost is moving. Do it while the Holy Ghost has your heart where your heart needs to be. I'm telling you that the Spirit of the Lord is in operation in this building right now. Go ahead and tell him, God, no matter what you're going through, I'm telling you that repentance is the answer. 
God, I repent of my sins. I turn from my wicked ways. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Wash me, God. Wash me, God. Wash me, Lord. Forgive me, God. Cleanse me, Lord. Come on, that's it. Fill this house with a prayer of repentance right now. Don't be afraid to repent. Some of you are afraid you'll repent and then you'll go right back. No, no. No, no. When you repent, God gives you power. Power that's not your own. Power that's not your own. Come on, that's it. Pour it out to him right now. Pour it all out to him right now. The Holy Ghost is doing something right now. The Holy Ghost is doing something right now. Oh, yes, Lord. Woo! Hey, hey, hey! 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 Thank you, Lord! 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 Somebody needs to come down right now and let the Holy Ghost fall on them. Come on, somebody right now needs to come to the front of this house and let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on you. That's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, that's it. If you've never received the Holy Ghost right now, God wants to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If it's been a little while since you've spoken in other tongues, come on down. The wind is blowing, the wind is blowing, the wind is blowing. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yes, Lord, that's it. Come on, that's it. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. That's it, ministers. I need some help praying for folks. That's it. God bless you. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Come on, if you need a touch of God in your life right now, I want you to come. And let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on you right now. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on you right now. Come on, somebody needs to leave those seats. Somebody else, need, you know who you are. You need a touch from God. You've been asking God for a touch of the Holy Ghost. You've been asking God to fill you again. You've been asking God for the times of refreshing. Woo! Breathe on me yesterday. Today.